Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. And we're back with what I hope will be another great episode of The Art of Being You. Thank you so much for jumping in. I'm pretty excited about today's topic. We're going to be talking about cultivating intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Cultivating intimacy. So, you know, no matter where you are in your journey with Jesus, if you're brand new to following Jesus or if you are a seasoned disciple, then this will be hopefully a helpful episode for you, no matter where you're at You know, intimacy with the Holy Spirit is one of the most important things about our faith. One of Jesus's last words in in his form on the earth was that it's better for him to go away, that when he goes away, he'll send us the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but that's been one of the most confounding verses to me. I mean, Jesus, in the flesh, we can see you, we can hear you. There's no confusion necessarily about what you're up to. You know, we can read your facial expressions, and yet you're saying it's better off for us to be with the Holy Spirit on this earth. Um, That's a tough one, right? That's a challenging thing for us to wrap our mind around, but it is what he said. So if it is what he said, then growing our relationship with the Holy Spirit has to become of huge importance to us. But I want to just be really clear on the front end of this episode about what the goal is, what the goal of intimacy with the Holy Spirit is, because if we're not careful, we can begin to use the Holy Spirit to gratify our own even spiritual ambition. If, if we're not paying attention, then we want to become closer to the Holy Spirit so that we can have more of what he gives through gifts and power and all of that so that we can have something that our soul is longing for that might not be super healthy. The goal is to know God, to become like God, to be one with God. That's the goal, right? So how does that happen? Well, connectedness that's, that's what this is all about. Being connected to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is what Christianity is really all about on the very basic level. Connectedness, learning to receive from God, and then ultimately giving away what we have been given. That can look like our time, our energy, our servant-hearted nature. It could be so many different things, not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit, although That is a part of it. What we're talking about here is basically getting into a flow with God, where we are connected, we're receiving, and then it's pouring out of us, it's coming through us. And that is something that every believer is supposed to be doing. But the way we get there is by growing in our understanding and in our connection to the Holy Spirit, which is what we're calling intimacy. So to make this as simple as I can, I want to use an analogy of a bar stool for you. And I want you to just picture a three-legged bar stool. And, you know, if two of the legs were longer than the third one, you can imagine how difficult it would be to sit on that stool. Most of us would choose to not sit there. It would not feel secure. In our life with Jesus, Our intimacy with the Holy Spirit has essentially three legs to it. There are three components that need to be at equal lengths. They need to have an equal representation in our life for this part of our faith to be secure. 
And, you know, you might be saying, well, there's a lot more than three components to it. And you might be right. But for the sake of ultra simplicity, we're going to narrow it down to three components, three legs of the barstool of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. As I'm sure you've already been able to, uh, you know, think about if you only have one or two legs that are exceeding in length, in other words, they are really, really strong, but the third or second and third are lacking, you're not going to feel secure. You're not even going to be able to sit on that stool if each three leg is in a different length. So let's get into what they are, because greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit equals greater flow. We want to grow, and as we grow, the flow of God through our lives is going to increase, and that is the ultimate goal. Not so that God can use us, not that we can use God, but that we become more like him. And I'm telling you guys, it is such a worthwhile journey. So here's the three legs of the barstool, then we're going to break them down. The first one is knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding, that is one leg of the barstool. In other words, knowing what you know about God and what you know about God being accurate and correct, that you actually understand certain things about who God is. We're going to dive into that a little bit more in a moment. The second barstool is actual experience or what I like to call tangible experience. In other words, it's not just that you know it, but you actually experience this in your life. It is a real thing to you. So we have knowledge and understanding. We have actual tangible experience. And the third barstool leg is self-awareness. Now, you might be saying self-awareness is not in the Bible. Well, it is. It's called humility. Self-awareness and humility. Let's just begin there if we can. The the self-awareness or humility leg of the barstool is so important because without it, you will not see yourself accurately. And if you don't see yourself accurately, you won't know where to meet God. Listen, you need to hear this. God will meet you where you are, not necessarily where you want to be. He's going to meet you where you are right now. And so the best thing you can do is get honest about where you are right now. Stop trying to pretend you're someone that you're not and expecting him to meet you in that place. It's like if we are taking a jog. I I took a jog the other day. I'm not a good runner. I'm actually terrible at exercise, but I am trying. I want to keep my body healthy as much as I can. So I was out on this trail and I was looking ahead, trying to pick an, uh, you know, a landmark that I could run towards, something that I could just say, keep going, keep going, get to that tree or what have you. And so I did. I picked this tree and I'm running down this path, more probably like trotting, something that uh, I would hope none of you would see me or bear witness to in my life of what this looks like. But as I'm running and passing tree after tree, not in a fast manner, I'm thinking to myself, I wish that that tree was closer. I wish that tree was closer. And it was so difficult to try to envision myself getting all the way there. Well, that's because I'm out of shape. But we do this in a spiritual sense, don't we? We look ahead and and we expect God to be standing at the landmark that we've chosen and waiting for us there. 
We've we've expected him to to reserve himself until we get to this point in life. In other words, let's just take smoking, for example. If you smoke cigarettes and you know it's bad for your health, I don't know anybody, you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that it's damaging to your health to smoke cigarettes, okay? So therefore, God would want you to treat your body like a temple. So if you're saying, I need to quit, I need to quit, I need to quit, and God is not going to meet me until I quit smoking then what you've done is you have refused to be self-aware. When we're not self-aware, when we're not allowing humility to do its work in our life, then we cannot actually connect with God. I hope you're seeing the connection here. David, the King David, the one that God, you know, he says, has my heart. David was very self-aware. He understood his mistakes. And I think this is why he had such a great fellowship with God. He was not trying to be someone that he wasn't. He knew who he was. He prayed this prayer, create in me a pure heart, Lord. What is that prayer? Well, he's looking at his heart and saying, I think I need to be more pure here. Other verses in Psalms where he's saying, search me, know me, God. See if there's any offensive thing in me. What is he saying? He's saying, look, I'm inviting you to help me be honest about who I am. So many of us struggle to be honest because we're so afraid we're not going to be accepted in that place. But I want you to understand, if you cannot be humble about where you are, your barstool that the Holy Spirit wants to sit on cannot be secure. He loves you right where you are. He has apportioned his grace to be with you right now and to help build you into where you want to go. We have to get comfortable with that idea. God is not waiting for you in the future. He is sitting with you right now. Well, maybe a better way to say that is that he's doing both. He's with you now and he's also contending for the future you. But that doesn't negate where you are right now. So the first leg of the barstool is self-awareness and humility. And look, if you don't have this at equal lengths of the other two, you're really going to struggle to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about the second one. The second leg of the barstool would be knowledge and understanding. Now, you're going to see at the end that these actually play together sort of like a seamless circular pattern, and that's intentional. That is how it works. When we understand ourselves, we can get honest about what we know about God. Knowledge and understanding is so important. It's not the fullness of everything we're to experience, but it cannot be ignored. In fact, in Isaiah and again in Revelation, we see there are seven spirits of God. It's sort of like the Holy Spirit represented in seven ways in the same way that God is represented in three ways. And one of these seven spirits is understanding. What's fascinating about this is that in Philippians, we get this beautiful verse, the peace of God that surpasses understanding. In other words, there is a peace that can rise above the things that we don't understand, but there is a tremendous value for understanding. You need to know that God wants you to know him. He wants you to understand him. He does not want you to be confused by him all the days of your life. What I'm not saying is that you will never be confused again, that you will, you know, that he won't be mysterious. He's always going to have this little mysterious element to him. 
but he wants you to have some understanding. So on the understanding bar stool, we have things like right thinking, right theology. We have uh, the, the understanding that we can reject and replace the lies that we believe, both about ourselves, about other people, and about God. Also on this leg of the barstool are clear expectations. This goes into what theology even is. What does God want from you? If you're unclear about who God is, it's going to be really hard to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Let me just give one example for you. So many of us actually believe that God is disappointed with us, that God is somehow annoyed that we cannot get our act together. Now, what you may be thinking your act is is probably different from the listener next to you, but the truth is all of us have this sort of thing inside of us that feels like God is a little bit annoyed or a little bit disappointed that we're not more perfect people. This is what you need to know if you've ever thought that. That could not be farther from the truth. In fact, the reason why God sent Jesus was because he knows you are incapable of being perfect. And he likes it like that. And he made a preparation for that. In fact, he fixed that issue so that that would not be a reason why you couldn't connect with God. You have to move past that thinking so that you can understand who God is. God sees your limitations and he is not limited by them. He's not. So when we look at the understanding barstool, then we see that as we get a better knowledge of God, we become more secure. Now, if we have really great self-awareness and we are very humble people, meaning we see ourselves accurately, we know where we are weak and we know where we're strong and we can embrace that. And then we have a great understanding of who God is, or maybe a better way to say that is our understanding of who God is matches our awareness of ourself. If you don't have actual experience about these things, your barstool is still going to wobble irreparably. In other words, it is not enough to know yourself and know who God is. You have to actually encounter him. This one is where we get a lot of differentiation in the kingdom of God. A lot of different denominations have been born out of this one leg of the barstool. What do we do with the experience component with God? Listen, you need to know God never intended humankind to only know him. That's just not what it was about. You cannot read the Bible and draw that conclusion. The only way you can read the Bible and draw that conclusion is if you are somehow convinced God won't do that for you and you take it to such an extreme that you begin to believe he wouldn't do that for anyone. The Bible is clear. God wants his children to experience his love, his mercy, his power. It is supposed to be interactive. When Jesus ministered to people, he actually laid his hands on them. He didn't just say, hey, get your hopes up, believe in me, I'm going to walk over here to this other city and, you know, I hope you can think yourself into a miracle. No, no, no. He actually put his hands on them, spoke into their life, created a power experience that brought them freedom and life change. And that has not stopped in 2021. That is still who God is. So as we know ourselves and we know God, we have to actually experience the things of his word. I like to think about it like this. Like I want to live out the scripture. 
I want to live it out. Why? Because Jesus, the word of God is living in me. So if that means that healing is a part of the word of God, then I want to live out healing, not just for my own body, but for those around me. I want to have the guts to say a prayer for someone that needs healing with faith that I expect they're going to be healed. I want to see God's mercy touch someone's life. I want to see his his love wreck me and change me and let me embody his love on a greater level. This is what it looks like to experience him. I want to really challenge you, and I hope you can begin to see that all three of these things, they work in perfect tandem. They have to. Otherwise, you're not going to be growing in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You're not supposed to just grow in knowledge. You are not supposed to only become more self-aware, and you're not supposed to only have experiences. One of the things that happens, especially in charismatic circles, is that we have a lot of experiences, and if we don't couple that with a deep understanding of what and who God is, then we begin to come up with these weird theologies. And that's not also, you know, that's not accurate either. So again, they have to grow at the same length. They need to, to be established in the same way for us to be secure with the Holy Spirit. Here's what I want you to see. Which leg of your bar stool is the most lacking? And that's where you start. If you would say, look, I have a lot of experiences with God. I feel his love. I connect with him. When I worship, I can sense his presence. That's great. Then look at the other two. How are you doing in self-awareness? How are you doing in humility? How are you doing in understanding who God is? And, and devote yourself to making time and space to grow in that area. The same is true if you would say, man, I, I know myself. I know where I need to grow. I know you know who God is being for me in that place, but I don't, I'm not experiencing that. It's just sort of in my head right now. Then that becomes your point of prayer. Lord, I want to experience you. One of the most dangerous things you can pray is to invite the encounters of the Holy Spirit into your life because, look, he's going to stand at the door and knock. I mean, he's just not going to plow you over. He will plow you over at times, but usually there was a prayer previous that you didn't even know you prayed that invited him to do that. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to encounter us. I'm telling you, he wants to. He's no respecter of persons. That's what the Bible says. And what that means is he's not looking and going, oh, I really like this person and I don't really care for you. So I'm going to spend my time over there with them. No, that's not how he is. If you're lacking in an experience or an encounter with God is a better way to say it. If you're lacking in that, that, that feeling his presence, there's something blocking it. And so what you need to do is ask the Lord to reveal that something and bypass it. Lord, I want to experience you even if my understanding of you is all jacked up. God, I, I want to experience your word. I want to live out your word even if there's something in me blocking it. Show that to me. Here we're back to self-awareness. Show that to me so that I can have understanding and repent and remove it so that I can experience you. This is the most simplistic way I can explain how to cultivate greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit. This is the pattern that I use in, in my own life. I love learning about God. I, I love listening to things about his nature and who he is. I love studying the Bible in complex ways, and I, I love learning about myself. But all of that is pointless if I don't get to encounter him. 
my soul, my spirit, and my physical body needs to feel the presence of the living God on a regular basis. And the way that we do that and the way that we increase that is by making sure all three of these areas work in our life. So let me just remind you, greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit equals a greater flow of God in you and through you. You're going to start getting more breakthroughs. You're going to start having more understanding and revelation. You're going to start having more radical encounters, and you're going to start being used by God more when you begin to focus on this area of your life. I'm telling you, it is so worthwhile. So I hope this is helpful for you guys. I'm praying for you that you would feel awakened like never before to the things of God, that the Holy Spirit would become your favorite moments in life, your favorite presence, your favorite... I I just keep having this picture even as I'm saying that of like, uh, like a carrot that's being dangled in front, right? And we just keep running and we keep running and we keep running, chasing after who God is, but also being satisfied in the process. And only the Holy Spirit can do that for you. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.